0: Uh, we are going to be doing a lot today to continue to remind ourselves of the blessed relationship we have with this family, and my prayer is that um, that this won't be. Obviously, we hope we'll get visits and things like that, but um, it will be a different place without this family being a part of our weekly body. Um, so I'm. So it's Palm Sunday. I know that. Uh, But the reality for me was that I felt like this was a unique opportunity for us to talk about something that we don't normally get to talk about because of Nick and Hannah's uh, departure. Uh, So I'm going to take a break from Proverbs a little bit, but we're not going to leave God's Word. But we are going to go to a place in God's Word that I am going to say, and this may sound sacrilegious, but I'm going to say that most people don't think of as God's Word. Um, even though it's in there and it's it's these parts of the Bible that are kind of at the end and the beginning of some of the letters where they're very like their personal greetings or or thank yous or farewells and uh, and oftentimes people kind of see these parts of the Bible as the envelope in which the letter you received came in Uh, and so you don't you know when you get a card from a friend you keep the card you don't keep the envelope we usually just kinda chunk it and yet what we find is that these are actually parts of our of the, of the word now if you were a part of John O'Dell's class last time not this past one but the one before that he went through a book that was called uh, well it didn't go he taught it but it was based on a book saying reading the Bible for all it's worth it's a great book and it basically talks about the different kinds of Uh, literature that you find in the Bible. The Bible is not just kind of a manual on, you know, how to do this or that. It's not just Proverbs, wisdom. Uh, It contains, like, history, narratives. It contains stories and parables. It contains poetry and songs. It contains prophetic revelation type, you know, of, of futures that we have yet not seen. It contains eyewitness testimonies. It contains um, just of so many different varieties of literature in it. But what we don't often find is in that book, like that book I was talking, it doesn't talk about what we'll be talking about today. These personal remarks that some of these letters that were written have at the end of them. Let me give you a few examples. I, I would call this like the honey-do list of the Bible categories. This is Titus 3.12. It says, When I send Artemis and uh, Tychicus to you, do your best to come meet me at Nicopolis, for I've decided to spend the winter there. You know, that's... Okay. Interesting. Thank you for letting us know that you're going to winter in Nicopolis, but great. All right. Or what about this one? This is 2 Timothy, end of four, uh, chapter 4, the end of the letter. It says, Do your best to come to me soon for, for Demas... In love with this present world has deserted me to go to Thessalonica. Creteans have uh, gone. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me in ministry. Uh, Tychicus I've sent to uh, Ephesus. When you come, oh, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, and also the books and, and above all the parchments. So, you're like, so here's. Here's he kind of is basically giving instructions to the people who have received these letters. And we're like, okay, it's like you're seeing, you're reading someone else's mail, it feels like. This has nothing to do with us. Now, academics will say there, there are great nuggets within these little pieces. Like you see things, like you get to see the conditions in which he was writing these letters you 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 know that that Paul and Mark, who had had a falling out, at this point seemed to be on good terms again. Very much value each other, so they'd reconcile. That's great news. Um, you, you get to see details into the maybe a larger story where not all the details are there. You get to see what the reality of what it was like in the church. You know, what, what, to be in prison and have to kind of try to lead a ministry while you're in house arrest or or what it's like to be abandoned by people who have given up on the difficulties of the faith. So there are definitely good nuggets in there, but, but we, we often don't think about these and how they apply to us like we do the rest of Scripture. You read a passage in Romans about the gospel, and you say, okay, what does that mean for me? You don't think about why the scrolls and the, and the parchments are somehow important. And I know I have been guilty of this myself, where you're reading these things, you read the meat of the, of the letter, and then you get to the end of it, and you just kind of, real quickly, you just get to the end. You just kind of go, I get it, skip it. Now, one of the challenges I think we, the mistakes we make when studying or reading our word is to think of it like a textbook. Uh, that it is something to study, like you would study for math. Uh, that it is a class that you take, and that you you learn it, you memorize it. You, I mean, even in so, uh, in seminary we learn to parse it, which is like you take every word and you kind of make, the, and then you even diagram the sentences. You remember sentence diagramming? So I do that stuff, okay? I do all of that stuff because you want to know what's it saying, what's it mean. And there's actually great value in studying it like that. But don't be fooled and think that the Bible is a textbook. It is not. It is the Word of God. And so all too often we do that. We study it, we memorize it, we we diagram, we parse it, and we turn it into a textbook. And we forget that there are these incredible little bits and pieces like it was like so at the end of letter that are included that we don't typically know what to do with that that's that say something a little different make it very personal and, I, I, and this was a, the eureka moment i had when i was preparing for this if if you wrote me a letter I don't know, it's saying hey here's how to uh you know hey we're gonna house it for you okay And so here's how you get in the front door uh you know this is how you know the temperature is going to be set to be sure you feed the dog you know whatever it is all the instructions are in there and then hey oh lo and behold you're going to be gone longer than a week i can't do it so i'm going to pass this letter on or i'm going to convey this message to somebody else uh, so i'm going to pass that letter on but in your original letter with all the instructions at the end of it you said hey by the way when we went out the other night and grabbed burgers that was fun. I really enjoyed that. Thanks. Let's do that again. Now, what if I'm conveying that message to the next person who's going to watch the house for you? I am probably not going to include that last line about having enjoyed burgers and let's do that again, right? Cuz the meats and the instructions, right? But think about this. This is When the church, and this is how the church worked in the early days, they would get one of these letters, they would themselves copy the letter, and then they would pass the letter on to another church. And so these letters began to filter throughout all the churches in the area so that they could hear what Paul was advising them or what Peter or John or any of the apostles were advising them they would copy them and send them on so that they would keep them, be able to have them for themselves. And that's why the Bible has so many ancient manuscripts, tens of thousands of ancient manuscripts, because people valued it so much they'd copy it and send it on, copy it and send it on, copy it and send it on. And so that was one. And here's the weird thing, is when they copied it and they sent it on, they included the personal stuff. They didn't cut that out. They didn't sit there and say, oh, you know, No one cares if Paul needs his cloak. No one cares if he needs those parchments or the books that he left in Troas. You know, I mean, why would we move that on? But when they copied it, they did not see that as something just to overlook. They copied everything and sent that letter on. There is a reason, there is is a value to those personal parts of Scripture. Scripture. We don't often think of it like that, but there is. And you have to answer: why would they copy the personal stuff? Why would they continue that kind of, you know, uh, keeping the word together like that? Well, in one part, it may have been that, you know, some of the people they knew whose names were in that. You know, when they're writing these letters in the early history, they when you know, there's... Tychicus was people were like oh yeah I know that guy and so they may have known that guy and you know we honestly we love names we love hearing our name you know and if our name's in something we're going to make sure that it becomes one of our favorite things uh I don't know if any of you are named Barbara Ann or Jude or Rosanna or Sweet Caroline or Billy Jean or Mickey or Eileen or Poncho or Lefty uh we do have a Jolene you know uh we are lucky enough to be one of those churches but you know people who have their name in a song even though they'd never really admit it like having their name in a song you know I remember when our kids were little we got these CDs um, that were kids songs, children's songs but they inserted your kids name into the song so that when you sang the kids like their the bedtime song uh, you would actually say their name while you were singing the song. And we love those things. And, um, and you, know, maybe, you know, obviously the baby doesn't know it, but as a parent, you love being able to say your child's name while you sang these songs. Uh-huh. And so there may be some of that that was in these letters, that these were people they knew and loved and cherished, and so we want to continue their names going. I mean, think of it. So, like, this is Galatians four seven to fourteen. Is Tychicus. He's like huge. Um, I will tell you about. will tell you about all my activities. He's my beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant of the Lord. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know that how we and that he may encourage your hearts. Oh, and with him is Onesimus. You know, and people are like Onesimus. You know, kind of thing. All right, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you. They will tell you of everything that has taken place aristarchus my fellow prisoner greets you and everyone's everyone like, ooh, 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 you know kind of aristarchus who you did prison with paul you know and mark the cousin of barnabas you know concerning whom you receive instruction he comes to you welcome him and jesus who is called justice you know spelled uh, we have a justice by the way thank you just yeah all right um, not spelled this way but I'll, I'll you know i'll make a correction um, these are only men who uh, of the circumcision among you, my fellow workers of the kingdom of God. They have been a comfort to me. Uh, Epaphras, who is one of you, and uh, each of these names gets mentioned. I'm sure people are like elbowing and encouraging, slapping people on the back. A servant of Christ Jesus greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in the will of God. I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you, as for those in Laodicea and Herapolis, Luke, the beloved physician, greets you as did Demas. And so you get these names of people, and I'm sure there was some of that. And especially when he says he's who was one of you. And they're like, Yes, he was. And so there's that value, that 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 precious sense of how incredible it is that these he recognizes me, he sees me. But unfortunately, as you go through these names, except for justice, we don't have anyone who still uses these names. And so what does it mean for us today? You know, we just sit there and say, oh, it's kind of cool for them, but it's kind of gone for us. Well, the message I think it, is, it has for us today is that names do matter that people do matter. I think all too often when people see the church, they think of it as a building or an institution or a school or a religion or a show or a concert or a podcast or a YouTube video or a seminar. And they miss that that's never what church was supposed to be. When you look at these letters that Paul wrote to the churches, he speaks to people directly, to names directly. He said, the church is the, the the accumulation of these people that I have known and come to love. You never hear him mention that great message that justice gave or that wonderful worship set that Epaphras gave led. You hear him talk about these people who served alongside with him. Reality is is that this church and all churches are designed to be a group of people who know each other, who love each other, and who value each other. And I just think about my history in church from when I started ministry till today, of uh, just people. I mean when I think of Chicago, I think of people. When I think of Annapolis, Maryland, I think of people. When I think of Austin, I think of people. And now here, when I look out here, I see people. That is what makes this church what it is. It is relationally driven. That doesn't mean that we aren't trying to grow and learn and study and do all of that. Of course we are, but we do it together. We do it side by side. We don't do it as like it's a, you know, like, you know, you remember when you used to go to, you know, I went to a big school, uh, University of Texas. You go to class. I was never going to see the person who was sitting next to me in that class again, so I didn't really get to know them. My friends were over there. People I lived with were were kind of my friends. That's not what I think. Unfortunately, I think some people treat church that way. You go to church, you learn, you do your thing, and then you go and hang out with the people you actually care about. And I think what this is trying to say is like those two things should be combined. They should be merged. Listen to this. This is Romans chapter 16. It's long, but when you can go through it, you can see just the value of these relationships. I commend you to our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church, the synchre that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many of myself as well. And so when he's writing to Romans, you know, I mean, we put Romans, but he's writing to this church that knows Phoebe. Greet Presca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well greet also in the church in their house greet my beloved Appianitis who was the first to convert to Christ in Asia I mean he is praising people greet Mary who has worked hard for you greet Andronicus and Junia my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners they were well known to the apostles and they were in Christ before me greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachus. I'm butchering these names, I'm sure, but yeah. <laughs> Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsman Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. That's an unfortunate name. I hope that didn't reflect who they were, but, yeah, here we go. Greet those who work in the Lord, Tryphania and Tryphosa. Greet the beloved Persis, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord. Also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. I like this one. Greet Asyncretus. Okay, Asyncritus. I think he was always out of line. <laughs> 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 All right. Phlegion, Hermes, Petraeus, Hermes, and the brothers who are with them greet Philolog- Philologus, and Julia, and Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus. That's a bold name. And Olympus and all the saints who are with them. Do you, do you feel it? He wasn't writing a letter or a book that didn't have a target of people in mind. We call it the letter to the Romans. I don't think Paul would have ever said that. I think he would have said, this is a letter to Prisca, Aquila, Phoebe, Aristinko, whatever, All you know. <laughs> you, when you read this passage, you see just how important people were to Paul. And so it's my sincere hope. And this is my takeaway for today, for you guys, is when you read through your Bibles and you're doing your reading through the Bible or, or the New Testament or when you see a name like that that you think of somebody who has filled that spot in your life who has worked hard with you side by side who has been a mother to you who has been a brother or a sister to you who have you seen that has sacrificed so much for the lord who has been faithful in hard times who is who has taken abuse alongside you We read these names, and these names are foreign to us, but there are names that you have in your life that are not. There are names that you have in your life that are precious to you, as precious are these names were to Paul. And my prayer is is that when you read these passages, you go through your own list of names of saying, thank you, Lord, for this person and this person and this person for this and for that. And although I, I I do pray that every single person in this church knows that your individual name is important to this body, um, and that we are a church. I mean, that was my hope that we, as a church, that people would know and this is a place where you are valued as an individual, not just because you're a part of this group, but because of who you are. Um, but today, I want to thank Nick for putting this message on my heart, because the reason why I'm talking about all of this is because, Nick, your name is going to be a name that we will always remember with fondness here at this church. You will be one of our, uh, I'll I'll give you the name of Herodian, okay? All right. You'll be my Herodian, all right. Um, But there's a reason, and this is one of my favorite passages as a pastor. on how, on what it means to be a pastor and i think nick you've done this passage well this is first thessalonians chapter 2 8 to 12 so being affectionately desirous of you we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of god but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us for you remember brothers our labor and our toil We work night and day that we may not be a burden to any of you. While we proclaim the gospel of God, you are witnesses and God also of how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how like a father with the children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. There's that sense of that when you do ministry, you don't just do your job. You give your life to the people you serve. And Nick, I think you did that remarkably well. And thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, no, you will always be a part of Beach Bible Story. Uh, and just to kind of remind you as I conclude, I've made a little compilation of Nick's greatest hits, so, uh, so let's conclude on this, you know, why don't you go ahead and, and show that. Let me pray. Lord, Father, thank you so much for uh, the privilege of being a part of your church. Um, Lord, we are graced by your word, by your spirit, and Lord, uh, oftentimes we don't acknowledge that we are graced by your people, uh, that you create a space and a place where people can uh, feel loved, feel known, feel appreciated. Uh, Lord, uh, I often tell people that the greatest asset this church has is and always will be its people. And so, Lord, we don't ever want to let a person go without telling them how valuable they are. Thank you for reminding us that in your word, Lord, that you too want us to remember people that have our own names that meant a lot to us. And so, Lord, thank you for Nick and Hannah, and I pray, Lord, your hand would be on them Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help uh, us as a church fill the hole that they'll leave uh, and ask, Lord, that you would continue to make this a place where people are known, appreciated, and loved. Lord, you are so good to us. So we lift this all up in Jesus' name. Amen.